Hello and welcome to Heads or Tails. I am your host, Indiana. And I'm your other host, Jasper Jett. And we're very good friends who like to talk about biology. The basic format of how the show works is that we'll pick topics for the other person to research and then we interview them about the topics that were picked. Every other episode, we flip coins, decide who's going first in our next series, our next pair. This episode, we do have a coin flip because we didn't flip last time. Top of the episode disclaimer that we do every time, we're not experts, our research super, super light, it's aggressive Wikipedia-ing, some of it might be wrong, some of it might be partial or incomplete. These are just sort of cool little nifty primer episodes, and you should always, always, always do your own research and verify things before just trusting that we were super thorough, because I guarantee you we were not. <laughs> this episode is on uh, the Golden Lance Head Snake, and I have some basic information for everyone. So the scientific name of this snake is the Bothrops insularis. Bothrops comes from the Greek word for pit and then also uh, referencing eyes or face, which is talking about the heat-seeking organs in their face. Insularis comes from the Latin word for island, which is also where we get insular from. Fun fact. They can grow to be about 70 to 90 centimeters or about two and a half to three feet long. In color, they are a yellow, paler yellow on the bottom with darker blotches of like a more brown yellow running down its back. The blotches are either triangles or trapezoids. They have the distinctive head shape that other lance head snakes have, where it's more elongated and it comes to kind of a point at the nose, sort of like the head of a lance. That's all of my general information, so it's time for some questions. Yes, it is. I have question number one right here for you. Tell me about their native habitat, because that is kind of an interesting point about these guys. Yeah, okay, so these snakes are, um, I think endemic is the word, to one specific island. And the the name of it in, I want to say Spanish, <laughs> and I'm going to say it wrong, Quemada Grande Island, which in English is Snake Island. It's a subtropical island, and its temperatures range from 18 to 22 degrees Celsius, which is about 64 to 72 degrees Fahrenheit, for those of us who use the only good part of imperial measurements. <laughs> it's rocky, and it's really hard to get to, so there aren't any mammals on it, excluding a few, a very small number of um, humans who use it for, like, um... There are some humans on there, but not much um, in way of mammals other than that. <laughs> right on. So, I guess I should lead into this next question before I say my bit that I was going to say, because it's more related to this. Question number two, can you, in theory, go see this snake in its native habitat on Snake Island? You absolutely cannot. The snake is super endangered. 
Uh, since this is its only habitat, it's closed to the public. The only people there are uh, members of the Brazil Navy and um, researchers from the Chico Mendes Institute for Biodiversity and Conservation. There's actually like a lot of concern and conversation about even if those few people should be there because of um, the upkeep required for the lighthouse that the Navy keeps and like the methodology that some of the uh, wildlife researchers use are using and are wondering if like in trying to research the snake we're actually making it harder for the snake to survive there. Talking about it too much is going to make me sad though. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so I learned about this snake because I used to spend my depressive episodes watching, like, YouTube top tens, and this was always one of the ones on top ten places that you're not allowed to visit, and I thought, well, Snake Island sounds like a made-up place, and I would like to go, and you can't go, but that sounds cool. (laughs) It's a cool name. Anyways, next question, how does this snake compare to some of their other close relatives? Okay, so because there are no mammals on this island, and snakes mostly hunt mammals, uh, these snakes have to hunt birds instead, which means that they hunt in trees, though they seem to prefer being on the ground to, like, sleep and digest their food. They also have longer tails, probably to help with the climbing and the hunting in the trees. Also, most venomous snakes, they strike and release their venom and let the venom do its work and then go and find the animal. But these guys have to hold on to their prey because it's harder to track a bird if it gets away from you because it can fly. And uh, mostly they trace chemicals and you can't really trace chemicals in the air all that well. Okay. Right. I'm I'm glad we're doing this episode because I feel like I wrote the questions for it like forever ago and I totally forgot all the answers. (laughs) So it's just like cool. You did. I got the questions with the last round of recording. (laughs) Right. Which I feel like uh, there was like a long break or something. Yeah, memory lapse. So, totally. Normally I like write all these questions and I like know the answers somewhat already, but I forgot all of these ones. (laughs) Alright. Final, fourth and final question. Just... Uh, Talk about that venom. I love venom. I love venomous, dangerous animals. Yeah, so probably you skipped this episode if you're not that great with, like, talking about, like, venom or snake bites, but for those of you who decided to give it a shot and are now like, hmm, maybe I should have skipped out, this is your skip out content warning. We're going to talk a little bit about the venom, talk a little bit about snake bites and death, and if you need to just not totally get it, we'll see you later. Peace. So... There are a lot of very scary statistics about this snake's venom, and people like to catastrophize about how deadly and dangerous it is. And here's the thing, y'all. It's on an island that you cannot get to. You are not allowed to go to this island. So don't stress about how deadly and scary this snake is. The regular lancehead in Brazil proper is also a really big one that people tend to freak out about how deadly and dangerous they are because of snake bites. They are the most likely to kill people and, like, statistically do most kill people. But the Amazon is not 
some wild, lush, uninhabited place. Like, people live there. There are people indigenous to the regions. And you are far, far more likely to be killed by another person in the Amazon than you are to be killed by a snake in the Amazon. <laughs> Most animals are not out going out of their way to attack and hurt humans. They aren't. I, I just, I feel like there's a, a balance to be struck as to how much you need to warn people about things, and if it's a thing that nobody's ever going to, like, encounter, you shouldn't spend all this time scaremongering about it, but if it's, like, a thing that's common on beaches, then yes, maybe people should know not to touch the octopus. I feel like it's an irresponsible use of information spreading to get people all worked up about these snakes that they're never going to see and so they think oh well the dangerous stuff is all in other places and miss dangerous stuff that is at home and just in and around them right i get you so with that little tangent over we can talk about the venom itself so the the specific reason uh, Another small point, this snake has never bitten anyone that's been recorded. <laughs> the golden lancehead has not been bitten. There was one reference to, possibly in the 1920s, a family that was in the lighthouse getting bitten by some of them, but it's never been bitten. Every speculation about how dangerous this venom is, is all just speculation based on our analysis of it. We haven't, nobody's ever actually been injected with this venom. We are not actually 100% certain what it would do to someone. Okay. We have some idea of what it would do. So it's a hemotoxin and a neurotoxin together, which is what makes it so dangerous. Ooh. So hemotoxins attack red blood cells, and um, because if they do that, and the way that they do that, this is where the this snake's venom melts your flesh comes from. It's just, it destroys your, your red blood cells. It destroys your blood, basically. Mm -hmm. And neurotoxins attack your nervous system, which is going to cause things like paralysis and all of the other fun things where, like, you need to keep them breathing. And potentially cognitive problems if you survive being bit. But, it, it, again, it, it, this is all hypothetical. Right. You're not going to go to the island. You're not going to be bit by them. <laughs> It's a bit of a soapbox, I will admit. So most lion's heads only have a hemotoxin, which is why they are so dangerous if you do get bit, which you're statistically speaking very unlikely to. But the golden lion's head is considered to be much more dangerous or possibly like the world's most dangerous snake because it also has a neurotoxin mixed into it. And I'm going to stop harping about not being freaked out about these snakes you're never going to see now. Look at how mature I'm being. <laughs> The neurotoxin, uh, fun fact, almost definitely developed as a way to kill the birds faster so that they can eat them more quickly and more reliably. I, uh, again, like I, I said I was going to stop harping on it, but I'm just going to take a quick second to say that you don't have to be scared of animals. You just need to be educated and respectful, and they will leave you alone. Exactly. Okay, seriousness over. If anybody skipped the bite stuff, now you may come back. So here are some fun facts. So these snakes only need to eat about one or two birds a year. Currently, they have no known predators, but the uh, severe isolation of the island makes it really hard to research, so we might just have not seen anything that predates on these snakes. 
they also, uh, the only competition they seem to have for foods are things that eat insects, and that's only for when the snakes are very young, because they only eat insects when they're young. They're also, because they're an island species and they have been isolated for so long, they have a lot of fertility problems, so they might just... They, <laughs> yeah, they have some fertility problems, so, like, they're endangered and we're trying to study them, but there might genuinely be nothing we can do, and, hey, for once, this won't be our fault. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It, it, it's a weird thing where, like, if we can stop things from becoming extinct, I think we should, but also there's sometimes, sometimes it just kind of happens and it's sucky, but... We're not quite at that point yet with the Golden Lance Head, but it's one of those things where, like, preventing them from going extinct is going to require human intervention, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's all the information that I have. And now, it's time to do the shout-out. And, yay! I know we're not releasing this episode during Pride, but we're recording during Pride, and I want to shout- Happy Late Pride. <laughs> yeah, Happy Late Pride. I want to shout out a trans resource. So there's GC2B, which, for those of you who do not know, which very few I imagine at this point, um, it is a person of color-owned apparel company that specializes in chest binders. And for those of you who do not know what a chest binder is, it is a kind of garment that you can wear to flatten your chest out and give it a more masculine appearance. Their binders are super high quality, and I may or may not have bought way more than I could ever use. <laughs> and I would just like to take this second here, because I did just admit to buying a lot of them, to say that these aren't sponsored, they aren't giving us anything for it, like, this is just us shouting out a cool business to give them a little bit of extra limelight, because we want to. And in this case, I can say, from personal experience, very good binders if you would like your chest to have a little less volume. I didn't know GC2B was yeah person of color owned. Yeah, no, it's super cool. They also do um, a lot of collabs with artists of color, and they've worked with um, the Marsha P. Johnson Institute and the Black Trans Travel Fund, and they're just a really decent company, and you can find them at gc2b.com. I didn't know those things. I just liked their binders. Yeah, no, it's super cool. I like. I get like all sorts of emails and promos, promotional stuff from them, and it's it's cool. I have one of their um, Marsha P. Johnson Black Trans Travel Fund t-shirts. It's great. <laughs> I need another binder. I have one of their stickers on my water bottle. I think I bought you that binder. You did. <laughs> anyway, with all of that, all right, coin flip. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this is going to determine. Who's going next for the next block of episodes? So, in place of a coin, I have one of those sugar cookies that you get at the store with pink frosting and sprinkles. The best cookie, no debate. Frosting and sprinkle side is going to be heads, and no frosting side is going to be tails. So, heads or tails? Gotta be heads. Gotta be heads. All right. Heads next episode is yours, tails next episode is mine. I'm gonna get sprinkles all over my computer. Let's go. It's tails. All oh, the frosting shattered. Yeah, I kind of figured how that was gonna go. <laughs> I can't even eat this because I haven't been feeling good all day. I have to put it back in the. I'm gonna eat it. I'm not gonna put it back in the package. I'm gonna eat it. So, next episode is gonna be my episode, and that is going to be on the thorny devil lizard. That's gonna be a fun one. Make sure and tune in for that. And now. We have been your hosts. <laughs>
And the podcast has been Heads or Tails, and you can find it at Heads or Tails 20 on Twitter, Heads or Tails Official Podcast on Facebook, or email us at Heads or Tails Official Podcast at gmail.com, not Hotmail. Do not email me at Hotmail. I have been your host, Indiana. And I have been your host, Jasper Jeff. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. I have been your host, Indiana. Uh, and I have been your host, Jasper Jet. But before we fully go, I need to coin flip and talk about what we're doing next. Yeah, I totally didn't forget to put that in the script at all.